Hello, welcome to Exploit It. I'm Alexis Strowski. I'm Kevin Daly. And this week we are talking about Varsity Blues from 1999, directed by Brian Robbins. Starring the Dawson. In America, we have laws. And it's just accepted that as a member of American society, you will live by these laws. In West Canaan, Texas, there is another society which has its own laws. We woke up in the twilight zone. West Canaan, sex and football. It's all there is. <laughs> hey, Mark, let's roll! <laughs> Right here. I tell you, these players are just running around lawless. Oh, my boy's too much trouble for you. Oh, no, uh -huh. Coach. What the hell are you doing? Changing. Oh, come on. I'm wearing underwear. Does it really bother you? I can handle it. Tell me this insanity's over in a few weeks. Five more games, no more football, no more Kilmer, and if I get into Brown, no more West Canaan. Woo! Yeah! Come on, keep your shirt on, Billy Bob. Take <laughs> your strip club, man. I'm here to work. This <laughs> better than football. This is better than anything. We do things around here my way. You're gonna be second string all your life, boy. This game is 48 minutes. For the next 48 years of your life. The hell with Gilbert. <laughs> this is your opportunity. For you. Playing football at West Canaan may have been the opportunity of your lifetime. But I don't want your life. You disobey me and I will bury you. I know about your scholarship to Brown. Only way we're going back out in the fields without you. Kilmer said 48 minutes the next 48 years of our lives. I say we go out there and we'll leave it all out on the field. We got the rest of our lives to be mediocre, but we have the opportunity to play like gods. Let's be heroes. Yes, yeah, starring the Dawson and um, the director of Good Burger. It is the director of Good Burger. Yes. Creator of Keenan and Kel, in fact. Yes, he is my enemy. <laughs> and I believe, last I checked, was the CEO of Paramount? Or what? something crazy like that? Hold up. Let me check here. President and Chief Executive Officer of Paramount Pictures and Nickelodeon. Yep. He also serves as Chief Content Officer Kids and Family Paramount Plus. Yep. Wow. Quite a uh, career transition. Quite a career. Yep. Apparently, uh, apparently Varsity Blues good enough to get you CEO if, at Paramount. Well, good lord, it wasn't his other films like Norbit and Meet Dave. That's true. This is way better than, than his other movies. It's true. All right. So Varsity Blues, people may be wondering, like, that's not exploitation, is it? That's just some football movie. Both of the movies we're doing this week definitely fall under exploitation, and we'll get into it. Yep. They're both football movies, incidentally. They are football movies, yes. And so Varsity Blues, by MTV Films, by the way. Yep, which would explain the kick-ass soundtrack. It would. Um, MTV Films, like before this, they had, oh, that fucking um, Joe's Apartment. I was going to say, is it Jim Brewer on with the cockroaches, right? Yeah, but Varsity Blues, it's in Texas, and you're, you're told in voiceover from the Dawson. That's right. Uh, in West Texas, high school football is everything. It's an absolute religion and lifestyle. Which is not wrong. That is actual truth. 
Yeah, like, and he inserts it by like, in America we have laws. Yeah, it's a weird intro. And we meet the Dawson's character, whose name is Jonathan Moxon. Uh, um, but my sloppy handwriting looks like it says Jonathan Moron. Eh, actually, he's not that bad. He's not that bad. No, he's actually pretty sharp. Yeah. Um, he's very Dawson-y, though. This well, character is not. I mean, it's a teen coming-of-age drama from 1999. Literally everything is Dawson's Creek from this era. Yeah. And nobody in this town... Uh, what's the name of the town again? I don't remember. It's West something or other. I just remember that part. It's West, and they're the... um, uh, Their football team, the Wildcats? Yeah. <clears throat> As you can see, we're professional podcasters. Um, <laughs> yeah. West Canaan. West Canaan. Yep, and he's a bench warmer. That's his official job on the team. They're the Coyotes. Coyotes, that's right. And he's reading Slaughterhouse Five of all things by yeah, Kurt Vonnegut. Because he's uh, trying to get into Brown, I guess. He's a very smart kid. Yes, and we meet his friends. There's Tweeter. Tweeter is the wild and hard partying wide receiver. Uh, Billy Bob. Is Billy Bob. Yeah, Billy Bob is Billy. He's many, many pounds. <laughs> yep. Yeah, big boy. He's a big boy, and he thinks his pig is a dog. He's not the smartest, smartest kid. No, but he's certainly an important character, as we'll get into. Yep. Played by Ron Lester's the guy's name. Ah. He does not look as big there anymore, man. That guy's lost some weight. It's good, because he's a big boy in this movie. Yep. Well, he also plays the parody of himself in Not Another Teen Movie. It's good that they just hired him again, right? Like, here, yeah. you can play yourself. Play your own character. Cool. Here's some more money. All right. And then we meet the star quarterback, Lance Harbor, played by our boy Paul Walker. Looks a little older than he did in Tammy and the T-Rex. <laughs> yes, he does. He's he's looking closer to Fast and Furious, Paul Cause Walker. Because we, we're, we're, we are, like, what, two years away from Fast and Furious now? Yeah. This is 99. Yeah, I think, and Fast Furious was 2001, right? Yep. And as they're driving to school, Billy Bob is just drinking syrup, just straight drinking syrup out of the bottle. That's why he's a big boy. That's why. Oh, and we forgot to mention Mox's brother with his... It's startling seeing him at first because he's crucified. Yeah, he literally walks in strapped to a cross. Like, doesn't even walk in. He's like... Just staring over the shoulders of Box while yeah. just strapped to a cross. And hardly anything, he doesn't say anything about it until nope. the dad later downstairs is like, oh, that kid. And his mom's like, oh, he's so spiritual. Yeah, so spiritual. And they all get to school and it's such a late 90s scene. It's playing Green Day. Yep. And we meet the... The coach, who's played by the world's greatest asshole. Right. John Voight, who's very good at this character. Yeah, um, I don't think he thought he was acting. No. I, th- I think it was a, um, I think it was a Dennis Hopper situation, or just like, go be John Voight. I thought they, they, they probably just talked John Voight into doing some outreach work by coaching high school football. <laughs> That's right. And then this movie just kind of formed around it. <laughs> 
It's that a bow be... finger situation. That's right. The movie developed around the character. But he's been coaching for 30 years. Their town looks like the most Midwestern town ever. Like, it should be on the cover of a Midwest emo album or something. Yes, this town... Like a mom jeans... They should just be on a mom jeans album or something. It is, and it's white. There's one black kid in the whole... Oh, yeah, 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 he's the running back. Yeah. He's, the, like, the only one in all of West Texas, I imagine. Probably. And he does have a little talk later on about racism exists, and it's just, you know, that's it. <laughs> Mostly just about how shitty... Another thing to lay on the, the shittiness of the coach. Yeah. It's being racist shit that makes him run the ball and doesn't even get him his touches in the end zone to get touchdowns. Not even willing to call and try to get him into good college, like a big football school, rather. So, yeah, mostly just here's another level of shit that this coach is. Let's see. We got a bunch of football jokes. There is a line. Somebody says the F word. Yes. The, the, the bad F word. And I put it's 1999. That's right. That homophobia was ripe. And especially West Texas. Football movie. Football movie in West Texas in 1999. That's actually probably what Locker Room talks out like in West Texas yesterday. Yep. And we have their, the first game of, I don't, it's not the first game of the season, can't be, but it's a game. The first game we see. Right. Yeah, I don't think so. I think they've been playing pretty well up to this point because Paul Walker's character is, what's, his, what's the character? Lance Harbor, right? Yep. Lance Harbor is actually, like, he's considered, he's got a scholarship to Florida State, who I think was pretty good in 1999, if I recall correctly. You know college ball better than I, I do. I do, though I, that was a little bit before I started following it, but I'm pretty sure Florida State was pretty good. Yeah, they were 12-0 and 0 that year. Yep, and, um... They were the first, they finished first rank, they were the best team in the country. So he's got a full, he's got a, a football scholarship at the best school in the country, football school in the country, so he's good. And so they... At this game, well, they say fear no faggots, which really, really pissed me off. Yeah, but that's, you know, Texas football in 1999. Probably Texas football today. But especially 99, that was considered okay, I guess. I guess. <laughs> um, I mean, I know I was not the, uh, in high school, was not in 1999, was not the kindest use of language. <laughs> no. So, I mean, I think. Hopefully things have gotten a little better since 99, but probably not in small-town Texas. Yeah, um, other parts of the country has gotten better, though. It's true. Slow, small steps. Yep. And so, come halftime, uh, we find out that Lance Harbor, there's something wrong with his knee, and they're just injecting cortisone into it. Yep. This is something that does get done during regular seasons in the NFL as well. They get uh, shots that... Uh, to try to deal with some of the pain until they can get through the season. Then they can have surgery or whatever the hell. And so, not unusual, but not great for the kid. It's a kid. Not talking oh. about a professional. Well, it's not good for professionals either. Yeah, <laughs> professionals at least have more say. Yeah, they they can say whether they want it or not. They're not being pressured. Well, no, they are being pressured. They are being pressured. Yeah. It's they're not as impressionable. <laughs> right. Billy Bob takes a big hit. Yeah, he does. And he falls down, and, the, you know, they're coming over. How many fingers am I holding up? And they're like, oh, no, you can't do that to him. Is he holding fingers? Yeah, okay, he's good. He has a pretty pretty chonky concussion here. 
oh yes, which we see more of the, the effects of as we go on, that this and, guy is really suffering. And again, in, in, in 99, you know, that was football culture, right? Like concussions, like you were not supposed to send somebody back in with a concussion, but everyone just kind of looked the other way. They're a little bit more uh, serious about it now. Well, CRT. C- yeah, the CTE stuff. CTE, rather. Why did I put CRT? Yeah. That's critical race theory. CTE, yeah. chronic traumatic encephalopathy. Yeah, is a is a real thing and is a problem. So they're they're they are more cautious. That's why you see star players in the NFL out for several weeks when they get hit in the head with a concussion. Because yeah, it's a big deal now. And that's also why you have a lot of um, longtime players, like when they retire or before, that get involved in violence. Yeah, because of all that brain injury their brain isn't functioning as well they're they've lost a lot of nope. critical things in this movie uh, has... i believe chris benoit the wrestler when he killed his family also was said to have had cte yeah so there you go it's fucking nasty and they win the game uh there's jokes about blowjobs in the locker room which i hated <laughs> I, by the way i i think tweeter is uh, bisexual i think I don't think it's joking. I think he's just he'll he he's he's Frank from Blue Velvet. He'll fuck anything that moves. So his uh dick sucking jokes at Paul Walker are not jokes, they're just honest like I don't think they're jokes. I think he'd be like, I'm willing to do this for you, sir. <laughs> and we get their big party, the first of many. And they everyone is getting Billy Bob drunk. I feel so bad for Billy Bob. He's a big boy, he can take a lot, but even he's got limits. Yeah, and they're just, they're getting the pig drunk, too. It's true. It's and at the point, that they're, they're just getting alcohol in Billy Bob, and then he throws up, and they're trying to get him to drink more, and my note says, they are going to kill this boy. They're trying. On the plus side, he pukes in the washer, which is one of the better places you can puke, because you can at least just rinse the washer, you know? But you can in a sink, too. It's got right, that's true. <laughs> but he could have puked in the dryer. That would have been real bad. Well, no, see, um... Paul Walker and Amy Smart were fucking on the dryer. Not know, Amy Smart, good. Allie they Larder. Save... Allie Larder. They, they, they were, uh, they were saving, they were saving the uh, dryer from being puked in. Yes. Doing with, the Lord's work there. With their genitalia. With their genitalia. <laughs> That's right. Doing the Lord's work with their genitalia. That's right. We get football practice because I have one note. I mean, uh, that's most of them. Yeah. Well, the coach, Coach John Voigt. Who he has a name, but he's just John Voight. I mean, it's this character and John Voight, very little difference. Yep. <laughs> he um hates Mox because he has intelligence and potential. I guess I don't know. And well, and he's yeah independent. But coaches a lot. Well, it depends on the ego of the coach. There are some coaches who are just like, it's my way or the highway. I don't care how smart you are, or how much better of a play caller you are than me. I'm doing it my way, and that's the. John Boyd personality, so... Yeah, well, he's coached this team for 30 years. There's a big, giant statue of him. And he's yeah. like, I've had 24 district titles and... Two state championships. The thing is, they play in 3A, and I actually... I was going to look this up. It goes all the way up to 6A, so they're smack dab in the middle. Huh. In terms of, like, football skill level. Yeah, and you know what? I don't know. That would exp- and it, it, some of it might just be based on size of school. This is a fairly small school, and you can tell by the size of their marching band. 
Yeah, but then again, a football team, their talent isn't based on size. No, well, you have a, a larger pool of talent to draw from, though. Right. It's not. A, it doesn't need to be a private school that can like recruit high school players. Like, well, private with, schools can. You see how all the people in this town live. None of them would be attending a private school. No. But they have a bunch of good players from that town. Because it's the one thing this town cares about. It's true. But it's most of the towns in uh, Texas, I would imagine, outside the big cities. And during this practice, uh, Mox tries to come up with a play, and John Voight's like, fuck you. And it's a pretty common play today. I'd just like to throw that out there. What, this oop-de-oop? Four. It, well, it's, like a four, it's a four-wide, empty backfield, you know, spread offense sort of play called. In 99, the spread offense was... I'm trying to think, guys, this is another thing. I was like, when did, like, uh, Mike, uh, Mike Lynch and the Air Raid offense, was it Mike Lynch? I don't know. Because the uh, Air Raid offense, Mike Leach, that's what it is. Looks like it started to be appear in the late 80s and early 90s and then started coming into popularity in the late 90s. So this would have been a kind of a new idea. This Spread them out, four wide, four or five wide receivers, no huddle offense, no empty backfield, no running backs. Just throw it out and make your opponents like cover you know, all your receivers was pretty novel at the time, especially, you know, from a coach who's been coaching 30 years and basically is still running like wishbone. <laughs> I know so, a little bit of it. I know some things about football. The, um, what was I going to say here? After the football practice, we have them in, in class. No, no, we have the barbecue scene. Oh, yeah, with the weird, like, Lynchian, surrealist, like, they're, like, laughing or throw the, was that the throw the football scene? It's very bizarre. Yes. Well, because it's the only thing this town cares about. Like, they don't even notice that the the little brother is, what what religion is he now? I don't know. And it's just your typical Texas family barbecue. And is he Muslim at this point? I can't even remember. I know one scene he's a Jew. Yeah, isn't that the scene where he buys the... Uh, where he buys the condoms and he goes, condom. As-salamu alaykum. Yeah. <laughs> the dads, they all played football in high school and that was the peak of their whole life, apparently. Which actually is a very yeah. sal- salient point in this movie. is because it's everybody... Sad. Yeah, it is. It's quite sad. It's that they all Everybody want peaks in high school. That's a lot of Mox's motivation. For going to Brown is because he doesn't want to have peaked in high school. Fuck out of this. In fact, he tells his what... dad at one point, he's like, I don't want your life. Yeah. But they want him to throw the football because they're just throwing a football around and they're screaming at him that he's a chicken. And like you said, it's this very, like, surreal scene. Yeah, like the camera work and stuff. The director just got... Uh... Very arty for like 30 seconds in this movie. And he throws the ball and we realize that he's actually quite good at it. He intentionally hits his dad in the face with the ball. Deserves it. Where we smash cut to a random penis. Ah, yes. The sex ed class. Which, this is very exploitive. This is one of the scenes that puts this towards exploitation. Because A, high schoolers don't need sex ed. That whole class is already fucking, okay? It's true. we saw Paul Walker doing it with uh, with his girlfriend on a on a dryer the other. Yeah, and just a couple of scenes ago, the teacher, Miss something or other, Miss Davis. I call her Miss Booba. Yeah, 
She's like, let's get used to saying these words. Class, everyone say penis, 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 vagina, vagina, vagina. And that's where Mox has just lists off every single euphemism for penis ever. Yeah. The Dawson has a long list. Yes. Including Pedro. Yeah, Pedro's the one that makes the teacher's eyes, you know, eyebrows arc. I, mean, I guess that means <laughs> Peter in Spanish, so... It does. I guess that makes sense. And Billy Bob goes, leaves the bathroom to go vomit, and he, like, passes out. He's really suffering concussions here. Yeah, they take him to the nurse, and the nurse is like, oh, he tells Billy Bob, I don't think you should play. John Boyd's like, you're going to play, kid. Yeah, you're going to play. Fight through the pain. And then he's sitting on the bench on oxygen. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, nobody cares that this kid is dying. It's all about football. We're we're not at altitude. We (laughs) shouldn't need the oxygen machine. Well, they do because, well, uh, he's got brain damage. He's got, you know. I mean, I guess it's good that they have an oxygen machine at sea level Texas. Yeah. Well, he's also, you know, he's. This dude can probably hardly breathe with all that weight. It's true. Which, I mean, not his fault when this team is just shoveling food in him to make him like the world's largest high school running back. Not running back. Also, booze. He's a lineman, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's an a offensive lineman. lineman. And all the booze. Like, they are going to kill this kid. Doing their best, that's for sure. And Lance takes a fall, and he's down, and it's all dramatic. Oh, he tears a bunch of ligaments, which, yeah, that's can be career-ending, let's be honest. Well, it is. And they all blame it on poor Billy Bob, but like, you put the concussed dude out on the line, like, that's a liability. I don't understand why they – this is the thing is, like, right, you football players is like, oh, we want our guys to play. It's like, why would you want to put a guy who's super concussed on the field? That's a liability. That person's going to make mistakes and, you know, end up with your quarterback tearing three ligaments and – uh being out for a year and a half. And the doctor points out why the injury is so serious is because they kept treating it by injecting cortisone. Therefore, he has just tons of scar tissue. Yeah, he should have torn... had surgery on it before. Yeah, or he should have kept, you know, not played. <laughs> right. Let, let his knee heal instead of just injecting cortisone and running again. And yet they, um, the doctor comes out and the first thing is, how long until he can play? That's the only thing they care about. Right. You know, That's all that matters. Um, yes, he has now lost his sports scholarship, his football scholarship, but that's it, it's such a tragedy. It's like, well, what about him? You know, this town is yeah, so we don't obsessed. Really, yeah, we don't really get a whole lot about how it affects him, do we? No, in fact, we hardly ever see Paul Walker in the movie again until the end. We see him, yeah, we, we see him in like two more scenes, like three more scenes, I guess. Um, once the at the upcoming strip code scene, which we'll talk about. Once at the in the scene where he's telling the buddy, the dude, not to take the shot, and then when he's coaching the game at the end, like I think that's it, right? Yeah, and um, that's about it. But did you notice that his little brother's played by Jesse Plemons? No. Yeah, who just married Kirsten Dunst, right? By the way. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I did hear that. Yeah. Yeah, punching above his weight. Good for him. <laughs> oh, he's a good guy. Um, he just did Jungle Cruise, even. <laughs> it's true. I, I liked that movie. It's not bad. I mean, um, it's not as good as Pirates, but it's like, 
it's better than the pirate sequels, so that's kind of cool. And he's nominate was nominated for an Oscar in Power of the Dog, so I didn't see that one. Oh, but... you should. That's a good movie. But it's not an exploitation movie, so we'll change topics back to yes. back to fucking we'll be covering cars. that one. <laughs> it's a good movie, but let's see here. What's next? Crying is not an option. Yeah, that's what they they tell the coach says. Oh, well, the note here says Lance's G F Darcy, but my um sloppy handwriting <laughs> makes it look like Legend of Darcy. That's a completely different movie. Yes, but. Allie Larder plays Darcy, who the second that Lance is out, you know, of football, she has moved on and is pursuing Mox now because now he's the, the starting quarterback. She just wants out of this fucking town. She as does, we as we find out later. But up until then, she just seems like a hoe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Starfucker, basically. Yeah. yeah. It's obvious. And I was like, man, that's lame. And then later scene, I'm like, oh, okay, this is a really sad story. Yeah. This whole movie is basically the plot to the song Pepper by the Butthole Surfers, by the way. It is, huh? That's that's, that's how I feel about it. <laughs> it is! Oh my god, I thought you were talking about the soundtrack. No, the no. plot. The plot no, is the, the song, the, the yes. plot from the song, yeah, the plot from the song Pepper by the Butthole Surfer. So let's see, they have another big party. I don't know what the fuck Because apparently they throw a rager after every single game. Yeah. And after this game is where you have the police show up and Tweeter's drunk and steals the cop car. Yep. B- Billy Bob pukes more. And everybody's naked driving around in the police car with Tweeter. Yep. Just uh, Tweeter out there hanging some dong. You know, casual. In fact, one of the cops, you know, the next morning at the diner is talking about it. And he's like, they pulled out their wangers at the club. <laughs> And not like the nightclub, like the Rotary Club. They just pulled yeah, I know. rubbed their dicks just, all over the window. Or just mushroom stamp in the windows at the Rotary Club. And no consequences because Texas. John Voigt gets up and is like, are you talking ill about my team? Yeah. And he's like, oh, no, they're just boys will be boys. Which, yeah, I mean, it, it's – it's. Uh, I guess that kind of ties into the whole – laws thing from the beginning of the movie right yeah in america we have laws but not in west texas unless it's related to football <laughs> yes and let's see oh um they they have another game and mox says the most cliche line ever when he's being interviewed he's like i just want to thank god and my teammates like that's every post-game interview I, ever i love that i love that scene he's just like reading the 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 basic script of football post interviews, like my team did all the work. I'd like to thank God, you know, just taking it one game at a time. Yeah, and even his girlfriend, who's played by Amy Smart, who actually is smart. Yes. Um, she even points out that was so fucking stupid and cliched. Also, Lance, uh, Lance's brother or brother sister. Oh yes, she is Lance's sister. And they're actually good friends, uh, Mox and Lance Harbour. They're actually really good friends. Like That's kind of established early on that they, they do like each other. Well, according to the Wikipedia, they are best friends. That's right. That's right. <laughs> we have Moxon's rise to fame through a montage of local TV, yep. of local um, newspaper headlines. 
and now he's get the he gets the big billboard. They take down Paul Walker's billboard and put up the Dawson. Yep. Coach continues to give Billy Bob shit because of you know Lance Harbor and Billy and Bob Bonk shit because he's too good of a quarterback for his team basically and the thing is is that um mox is trying to be a team captain yeah and this coach is like no there are no captains there are only my pawns yeah he's a pretty shitty coach i don't know how he won all those district titles because it's high school football and you know and i feel bad for billy bob more but then i have darcy as a hoe because we have that infamous scene yeah, with the, uh, the whipped cream. The follow-up to well, the scene is, is great to me, too. I, actually, she initially just like, come on over, come on over. And he's like, okay, I'm going to go over and probably have sex with her. I need to buy condoms, but I'm too ashamed. So he sends his brother dressed as a Jew to buy condoms. That's right. That's right. And then the infamous whipped cream scene. Yeah, he goes over there, and then he decides, oh shit, my, this is my friend's girlfriend. Yeah, I'm not going to bang her, and then she just is like, I never loved him, I just need to get out of this stupid fucking town. Yeah, and, and he tells her, like, well, then get out of the town, you know. He's like, you're smart, and she is. She's just, it's established earlier that she actually is smart. Putting whipped cream on your vagina is not going to get you out of the town. But my favorite... <laughs> My, That's my how you fa- get ants. Do you want ants? That's true. My favorite, though, is that the next scene, he goes to totally not Sonic. Uh, <laughs> it's a Sonic. It's a Sonic. Um, uh, and his girlfriend works there. And she's like, did she, did she get you with the the whipped uh, cream bikini? That's uh, our whipped cream, yeah, laundry or whatever she says. That's how I. That's how he got my brother. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, like ah, uh, I guess she's known for this one. That's her. Uh, that's her play. And we get another like heart to heart scene with Mox and the um the black running back, the wide receiver, not wide receiver. What is he? Yeah, he's a running back. He's a running back. Yeah, running back. Wendell Brown's the character's name. Who's like, oh yeah, you know, coach is a racist, and that that's that's the the height of his the racial tension is this one scene. Though I do love that he brings up that he's gonna wants to get into Grambling, which is a historic black college and university. Ah, just, just pretty sweet. Which is actually the one he gets into at the end. Yes, it is. <laughs> which is awesome. Good for him. Um, it's a good school. And during this practice, there's one scene that is never followed up on again later. Where Tweeter looks in his pants and he goes, "What the fuck is that?" <laughs> You're right. That is never brought up again. I'm like, okay, he's got some sort of STI happening, and it's never probably some up. grabs, but it's never brought up again. You wonder if he just ad libbed that line. And they, Lance is out of the hospital. He's had his surgery, so they take him to a titty bar. And again, um, where the only law in West Texas is football, these kids can go to, you know. They're in high school, but they can go get fucking shit-faced at a titty bar. That's right. I believe it's called the Landing Strip, too, right? It is called the Landing Strip. It's a great name for a strip club <laughs> in 1999. Yes. Because this was when pubic hair was still a thing in 99. That's, that's right. I think it's making a comeback. I'm a little out of the loop these days, but I think it's making a comeback. But they see that their teacher is a stripper there. Yep. Playing hot for teacher, which cliche, but 
god tier rock song, so we let us we let this one slide. Oh, she comes out in a costume. She's got a, a set with like a, a desk and a chalkboard. Yeah. Like I've never seen this at a strip club. Like themed performances. It was theme night. Who knows? Yeah. And they they drink with the teacher and everything's everyone's having a good time. It was a surprisingly wholesome scene for a strip club scene. They're just hanging out and they're like just you know, celebrating. Yeah, to Miss what was her name? Davis. I don't remember her name. Miss Davis. Yeah. Billy yeah, Bob gets up it. on the stage and dances. His tits. To be fair, but Billy Bob's tits are about as big as the girls. So they're about as big as a whole girl. Yes. He's a big boy. We've established this. But cool. Yeah, why not? Let it let it ride. Let it ride, sir. Let it ride. And they get out of there. Living his best life. At like 8 in the morning, they finally leave. All hungover. So they play like yep. shit the next game. Yeah, not a good decision. And the liquor's still in their system even. And it's playing Thunder by uh, Thunderstruck by ACDC that whole yep. game. The, uh, the go-to sports movie song. Of course, you hear it as a go-to sports movie song as the team is going out for the victory right after halftime. Yeah, this one's just getting their ass whooped <laughs> the whole time. They're so, getting thunderstruck. It's pretty funny. It's used rather ironically. Yes. Just uh, if you're going to use a cliche song, that's clever. And evil coach Voight is obviously upset. And he completely just lays into Billy Bob. Makes him leave the locker room. He's like, get the fuck out of here, you fat piece of shit. Yeah. And, you know, Mox is at home and somebody drops off Billy Bob's pig, which is the big warning sign. Yeah, that's not good news. It's like, well, he said you'd be able to take care of him. And so Billy Bob is understandably suicidal. Yeah. Because football is his only, only outlet. I'd like to point out he's probably still got, they're still recovering from the concussion at this point. There's several concussions. Yes. Well, they've all had several concussions, but yes, he's had even more concussions. And the alcohol and just being, you know, just everything about him. Yeah. And he's sitting in some field with a shotgun blasting away his old football trophies. Mox is like, oh, cheer up. You're a good guy. Yeah, I am. Okay, let's go play football. <laughs> and I'll get more That's into that. It's a little bit more complicated than that. A little more complicated than that. But yeah, that was the gist of it. That is the gist of it. Uh, it's the day of the final game. Though I do I do like that uh, in this meantime, uh, uh, Mox's brother has started a cult. Yes, that's what I was going to point out. Literally started a cult. <laughs> Literally, and they're all wearing white robes with like an emblem on them. And his mom is so proud of him. Yeah. And I'm like, well, white robes in West Texas, and it's not a clan meeting? That's right. That's a step up. It's just Branch Davidians. It's fine. Yeah. They're in Waco. Waco is West Texas, right? Yep. Pretty sure. Pretty sure it's pretty West. And here's the thing that pisses me off about this movie and why I put it as exploitation. Billy Bob comes up to Mox, and he's like, they scanned my cats, and I'm good. <laughs> but it takes Mox a second, like, oh, you had a cat scan, and you're all good. Yeah, I'm good to play. And I'm like, oh, he's suddenly fucking cured of everything? <laughs> like, this movie, it, Bill, 
built up everything to have Billy Bob die and have it mean something and create this oh. whole meaning about football and abuse and no, he's magically cured so they could have this victorious game. That's true. It does shift tones at the very end, and there's quite a bit of hand wavium here. Yeah, and it just pissed me off because I'm like, you're you've got the setup for a really good dramatic theme here, you know, and it's just they scanned my cats. I'm good. Magic. I mean, they could have had a scene like uh, um, Full Metal Jacket, you know. You could have. And that would have changed the tone of the movie, the last act of the movie, incredibly. But it would have been such a powerful movie. I'm not, not movie. saying that I want, not that I necessarily wanted to see Billy Bob blow his head off, but it would have added a lot of impact. And, and at, you know, if the movie was made today, that probably would have been how it was written. With Billy Bob magically cured, there's less emotional stakes. Right. Well, I mean, they shift the emotional stakes to being about the players and their abuse, abuse of coach rather than the effects of the the brutality of football on the players. Although Billy Bob himself would be just clear evidence of abusive coach if he died. That's true. We wouldn't need this whole thing where um so Mox has got accepted to Bra- to Brown on an academic scholarship, which is an important distinction, not sports, academics. He is right. a smart kid. Yes. And the coach is like, "Well, I'm going to Fudge your transcript so you can't go unless you play by my playbook. I'm like, well, that's just stupid. Yeah, but he's. I think. I think football coaches in certain towns have that kind of sway, though. That's the scary thing, right? They might. I don't know. I've never been to a West Texas high school. It's true. Probably for the best. But it's the climax game. Oh, we have this heart to heart with Mox and his girlfriend. About the ethics of destroying the coach. Oh, yeah. Where Mox brings up that, yeah, coach John Voigt is a total piece of shit. He's abusive. He's made threats about keeping me away from Brown. He's just so abusive. You know, Billy Bob tried to kill himself. But I can't speak out about him because in this town, football is a religion. You know, you might as well accuse a priest of child molestation for all it's worth. That's the same ethics, really. Yeah. It's like you're going to destroy this well-beloved deacon of football's career. Right, exactly. And she goes, be a hero. Fucking do it, basically. Bring him down. Bring him down. And so we get the game, and the game's going okay until halftime. Oh, I would like to point out they're playing a team that has stepped down from the division above them. So this is a team that is... In theory, a superior team. Bigger players, stronger players, faster players. Huh. And, and they'd actually, and they specifically said there was a scene earlier where uh, Mox's dad is talking to one of the other, I think it was the, the sheriff, about how this team has been just hurting people. Not only just winning, but just like like physically hurting people because they're, they've come down from 4A to 3A. And so they're down 21 nothing at the half, which to a team that is quite a bit better than them is actually... It's not great, but you got a shot. What I'm saying is there's a chance. At halftime, you know, Coach Voigt is mad as hell. And. Well, and uh, our running back, Mr. Brown, has uh, torn a ligament. Yeah, and they're about to give him the cortisone. And Mox is, you know, fuck that. And. Finally had enough, and he's going to stand up to John Voigt. And John Voigt. 
it's like, well, you're off the team, uh, Tweeter. You you take over as quarterback, and Tweeter's like, no, I'm I'm walking too. And basically, they they shame the coach away. Yep. And we get the standard of every football movie, the uh, the halftime pep talk. That's right. Halftime pep talk. They go out and co. Yeah, they come out of the locker room to Nitro Youth Energy, the offspring, which is a fucking great song. Uh, Mox's fuck that speech, though, which I put in his, his fuck That's that That's literally. Speech. He says that, yeah, because um, he points out, he's like, Coach told us that it's these next 24 minutes for the rest of your life. Fuck that. It's 24 minutes for 24 minutes. Just go out there and fucking play. And I'm like, okay, I get that speech. That's a good speech. As far as locker room, yeah, it was a pretty speeches, good. It was pretty good. Yeah, as far as cliched halftime locker room speeches go, it's not bad. Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. The and, Dawson delivered it pretty well. And Lance Harbor's there to coach the team now, with his crutches, right. and um, the running back is now on crutches too, and it's the two of them just hopping along the sidelines on their crutches. It happens. And they're winning without the coach, and even the announcers are like, I don't see the coach, I don't see the coach. But now they're winning, so who cares? Because they've shifted to that that five-wide receiver, no-huddle, up-tempo, spread offense that is pretty common today, but 99 would have been like, what the fuck is this? And the other team has no idea how to deal with it because it's too fast for their thick asses. And And so they – um. They put in Billy Bob for a play. Yeah, they they run a hook and ladder play. Which, oh, uh, yes. The hook and ladder play, which I know the name of that play, so it's not like they made it up for this movie. No, no, it's a real football play. It's a real play, and he, um, Paul Walker pantomimes it to, to tell the Dawson what to do, and he literally just makes like a hook and then climbing a ladder. I'm like, well, now the other team knows what you're doing. <laughs> you could have come up yeah, with that. Yeah, but it works. It works, and they get Billy Bob the ball, and it's playing um, My Hero by Foo Fighters. Yeah. Without the lyrics, though, it's just playing the guitar riffs. I mean, it's still some decent guitar riffs. I like Foo Fighters. It's all right. I like that song. Um, yeah, it's good. It's... Mm, Better used in the other guys, but yeah, yes, <laughs> yeah. I mean, they give it to him because it's going to take their entire team to tackle him, and it does. <laughs> Billy Bob probably weighs four hundred pounds. It's going to have to literally. They're. I think they. I think they finally bring him down the end zone with like five dudes on him. Yeah, and he's just still going. Yeah, and they I make... mean, if you get him the ball with enough space to drag some people, yeah, it works. And they make the play, and they win. Yep. And then you get the uh, the Stand By Me style ending where it's like, he did this, he did this, she did this. Yeah, you have, um, well, first of all, Mox's girlfriend jumps up and kisses him, and he goes, I thought you only kissed heroes. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, they, uh, went, they went full cheesy cliche football movie in the last the last act of this movie, for sure. Yeah, and you, like you pointed out, the Stand By Me, um, the coach never coached again, but his statue is still there because it was too big. That's right. Um, Tweeter drank beer. Yep. 
that's all he has to say about Dweeter. He drank beer. Yeah. He became Max's parents that peaked in high school and just sit around drinking beer and talking about how good high school football was. Yep. And they say Billy Bob cried is the other thing he says. Um, That's all he says. He doesn't mention that, you know, Billy Bob lost both of his feet to diabetes and died when his, you know, mobility scooter was hit in a drive-thru or something. I don't know. Yeah. And um, yeah. Wendell Brown went to Grambling, as we mentioned. Mm-hmm. And Lance became a successful coach. Which was the thing that uh, Allie Larder worried about the entire time. <laughs> she didn't want him to become a coach. Well, that's that's what she says when she's talking to Mox after she tried to seduce him with her uh, with her whipped cream. <laughs> He's like, I don't want to marry. We're stuck here. He's gonna coach college or JV football. <laughs> I guess. He's head coach. He doesn't coach JV. He's one step up from that. But yeah, he just coaches varsity. But still, he coaches varsity football. Um, I don't think she stayed with him though. No, no, I don't think so. I don't think he's like what you were giving your whipped cream bikini to everybody else. Right. Do you want crabs? That's how you get I don't, crabs. That's right. I don't think they don't bring her up. So I'd like to think that she got out. I want a I want a happy ending for poor Darcy. She moved. Yep. To some other town, nothing town in West Texas, probably, but at least she moved. She got out of this one. Yeah, she's in some other West Texas town, working at a diner, dating an alcoholic construction lineman. But that's the end of Varsity Blues. That movie, it's um everybody loves this movie, by the way. Do they really? I thought it was underrated. I don't really hear people talking about it. Every time I mention it, like, oh, we're doing a Varsity Blues this week, people are like, oh, my God, I love that movie. Huh. So I think it was not particularly well-loved when it came out. I know. I hated it. I didn't see it. I wasn't really watching, like, sports movies at the time. So well, I like... didn't watch it in theaters. I ended up seeing it at somebody else's house one day. Was this someone you were trying to hook up with? Uh, no, I was just bored. Okay. <laughs> we 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 ditched work and just stayed at their house and watched Varsity Blues until his girlfriend got home from work and they're like, "Okay, you leave now." Yeah. Well, I you know I this is the first time I've seen it, which is the case for most of these. But I did not hate it like I did in '99. It's not bad. I mean, it could have done more, but it does more than I expected it to. And looking at this note here, Roger Ebert in his review said that scenes work, but they don't pile up and build momentum. I'm like, he's right with that. Yeah. Cause there's a lot yeah. of good I'm, individual I'm okay scenes, go. good individual moments, but they don't build on each other. Well, I think the movie is let down by its pulling punches a little bit. Yeah. By its just desire to have this, Hooray, everything is good, they won the big game ending. You know, it's just, it wants the happy ending, even though it does, it hasn't earned it. Yeah, there's, a, I mean, like I said, I was not unhappy to watch it, I enjoyed it. It was very entertaining, it's got some good funny moments. I think the performances are, are pretty oh, good across yeah, the board. Oh, yeah, the performances are fine. The soundtrack, the licensed soundtrack's great. The score is a very traditional football movie score, but it's, it's fine. Well, the uh, soundtrack has some bangers, though. Yeah, the soundtrack, the licensed soundtrack has some hella bangers, and it's like, 
But, you know, and it's trying to say stuff about abusive coaching and concussions and how shitty small town football is. But it doesn't say enough. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't go all the way with it. Unlike Darcy, the movie does not go all the way. Yeah. But any last thoughts on Varsity Blues? Which I'm going to definitely say is football exploitation. Yeah. Because it has the chance to say something about football, but in the end it decides to just be football. Yeah. Uh, I will say, though, if if the two movies that we watched this week are the some of the worst examples of football movies, they don't really make bad football movies. No, and honestly, when I was researching football exploitation as a topic, it took a while to find – exploited football movies people love football movies we and, don't get a lot of and it's interesting because yeah yeah it, people it, directors and writers actually try to be relatively reverent with the topic as well yeah because like you take something like slasher films and we have a lot of slasher films because people like slasher films right. we have a lot of football movies um because people like football but it's a lot more yeah, like you said, reverence. Yeah, the you very rarely see a football movie that's just like I'm going to do a cash in. Like they they take some time to make it, you know, palatable. I think maybe I don't know. It's interesting. And even when you have like like really wrong headed ones, like that one with Sandra Bullock, like I'm going to switch my white guilt by helping poor black football kids. Oh yeah. That are blind, and you got to watch his blind side. <laughs> I mean, that movie is so cloying. I haven't seen it, but I it is based on a real person. Yeah, it's really not that good, though. It was nominated for awards. It's, you know, it's that's the kind of movie that easily just gets people to nominate for awards, right? Yep. Football is a lot like the Holocaust, <laughs> and yeah, you right. put it in a movie, and people are going to be like, "Oh, but it's about the Holocaust. You can't hate it." That's right. Not in this country, anyway. Yep. But that's uh, Varsity Blues. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we got our bonus episode on necessary roughness coming up. More football. And next week we're looking at a, I think it's a slasher movie. It's some sort of horror movie. I no idea what to describe it as, yeah. Go with that. And um, make sure to subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you like what we do, make sure to leave a review and let others know. Help get the word out. For more episodes, check out our website, exploititpodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter, at PodcastExploit, or on Instagram, at ExploititPodcast, or contact us at ExploititPodcast at gmail.com. So join us for our bonus episode as we look at Necessary Roughness, and next week we're doing Joyride um, from, 19, what is that, 2001? Yeah, I think it was the same year that Fast and the Furious came out. Yep, it's another movie with Paul Walker in a car. <laughs> yep. And we'll catch you then. There are nice guys in this ride.